Cape Talk. Call Pippa now on 021-446-0567. Our motoring man, Ernest Page, is on the line with me. Uh, Ernest, of course, lately of changecars.co.za, a man who has uh, been driving everything and anything in his quest to be able to give thorough answers to our Cape Talk listeners. And Ernest, it's always great to have you with us on the line. Welcome. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm not getting old, but I am cruising around in my slippers at the moment in the middle of the day. <laughs> We're not judging <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been so interesting listening the last couple of half an hour. And I'm not that old either, but I do still listen to Cape Talk. Uh, the there show has go. been fantastic of late. Thanks. Uh, and I'm hoping to contribute something to that today because yep. I want to talk about something that was a question last week. Um, one of the listeners asked what the most fuel efficient SUV was. And I yep. said it was the Renault Duster diesel. And then I thought, you know, why not discuss that? Um, we're so Eurocentric in some of our ways, especially in motoring, that we think that just because the European emissions are so strict and the European laws are so strict, it applies to us. But here in the southern tip of Africa, things are very, very different. We live in a very different economy, developing country and all of these things. And I often refer to our economy as a diesel economy. But does that apply to passenger cars as well? And that is the question I want to sort of discuss today. So in light of that, you've gone and driven, uh, I believe, a diesel Merc the last couple of days, Ernest? Yes, I have. The C220D. And uh, Merc has unfortunately had the reputation of late of uh, the quality dropping, specifically on the C-Class. But this one has been an absolute revelation. And, you know, I usually don't get the same cars again. We drive them once. And when you when I like a car a lot, um, I never see that car again. You know, that's just the nature of the, of the game. Yeah. But with this car, they sent it to me again to review once more. And here I am just, you know, loving it once again. I've hmm. managed to get almost more than a 1,000 kilometers on a tank. Um, it can go, according to the claims, down to 4.7, which I think might be a bit optimistic, liters okay. per 100. But if you've got 5 point something liters per 100, you're still doing 1,200 kilometers on a 66-liter tank, which is very reasonable. And then, of course, it's a Mercedes-Benz, so you feel, you know, you've got the plush interior, the very modern infotainment system. It's got these blue lights everywhere, so when the lights go out at night, then yeah. the cabin is well lit. And it's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful driving experience, but it's also, it doesn't come at the expense of economy, and that's often what happens. If you get a good driving experience, there's a price to pay for that expense of petrol, yeah. but when we buy a diesel car, you know, that price is, is, is much, much less. And I think this is just one of the many, many diesel cars out there that are available on the market. I'm intrigued by your comment about the way the car lights up in the dark, Ernest. I'm just thinking back to last night, driving home from the Artscape Theatre in the dark. There was load shedding. The streetlights weren't mm-hmm. working. Uh, and I just said to my daughter, I, I felt so vulnerable in the car. I hadn't driven yeah. in those conditions for a long time. So it becomes a really significant thing if you're going to be doing a lot of driving at night in particular. Yes, exactly. And especially now, I don't like it either. Mm. And depending on which car I'm driving, some cars have better lights than others. And in South Africa now, I think it's important to take that into consideration when driving your car. And I've even personally made a bit of a personal pledge to myself that when I go and drive and test drive a new car for my own personal use, I'm going to drive it at night just yep. to see how good the lights are on the car. And some cars have what's called matrix LEDs, special LEDs that shine very bright and very far. So I think in South Africa is a real consideration because when I'm in Joburg and the lights go out, then it's, it's daunting because you're yeah. not sure how the pavements work there. It's a strange thing to say, but if you go to different towns in South Africa, the way the roads are constructed are all slightly different. So yeah. it's very easy to miss where the pavement is or where the curb is, etc. 
So to have a car that has lights that corner, that show around the corner when you indicate, or just very good lighting systems, that, that does help a lot in, in South Africa. So the bottom line, Ernest, what you seem to be saying is that it is definitely still a viable option in 2023 South Africa to consider buying a used diesel car if you are in the market for a new vehicle. Correct. And if you don't have the 965000 for the Mercedes-Benz CT20D, there are many, many, many used options out there. Uh, I was browsing the change car site this morning and yep. I did an under 500,000 search and I got quite a few options. The, the one that stood out, the, the few that stood out the most, uh, we mentioned the Renault Duster and I've got lots and lots of experience with that Duster. Yep. In fact, when during COVID, when asked on radio as well, on Cape Talk as well actually, um, what my car would be for the apocalypse, I said it would be a Renault Duster. It's easy to fix. The engine never breaks. Um, you can get it for about 300000 and it's 4 by 4 so it's actually very capable off-road. We drove that one to Tali Tali down the west coast. Yes. One tank of fuel. Um, did the 4 by 4 at Tali Tali. The, the guide could not believe how capable the Rena Duster was because they normally take you out in there 4 by 4 And I said, no, no, no. I'd like to take myself out. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> and then we all jumped <laughs> in the Reno and went out. So it's a very capable car and a good recommendation, I think, for someone looking for an SUV that's uh, fuel efficient. The next recommendation is another car that we often talk about on the on on uh, the show, and that is the Ford EcoSport or EcoSport. Yes, you've got a bunch of different options. The 1.5 TDCI in manual is the one that most would recommend, and you can get an average mileage one of about 75,000 uh, kilometers on the clock for around 200,000. And the, the thing about buying a car like that is no one's going to know that you're driving a diesel number one. Yeah. And it's also, it looks exactly like the 2022 model if you get a, a, a 2018 or 2016 model, for example. There's not that much difference between the two, so you still kind of look like you're driving a nice new modern car. So my top two SUV compact recommendations so far uh, would be the Renault Duster uh, diesel and the Ford EcoSport diesel. Now, speaking of the Ford EcoSport, Joe's just messaged in to say, to say he has been able to get 16 kilometers per litre when long distance driving his 1.5 diesel Ford EcoSport. That's pretty impressive. Well, there you go. I'm busy Googling up now the, uh, the litres per hundred because that's how I work it out. Yeah. And I don't have anything yet at the moment. My system's taking a bit long. 6.25. Okay. There we go. 6.25, which is very, very respectable. And I do know... Funny enough that the EcoSport petrol is the one where people say that uh, the fuel consumption can be a bit high. So he's, for his purposes, he's definitely got the right one. And keep driving the way you're driving, Joe, is all I can say. <laughs> okay. Ernest, thanks for your very interesting insights there and appreciate the follow-up, uh, follow-up research on that question from last week. If you want to ask a new question, we've got a minute or two in hand for you to give us a call on 021-446-0567 or to send a WhatsApp to 072-567-1567. Somebody has done that anonymously asking, Ernest, why is 93-octane fuel not available at the coast? 93 octane fuel at the coast. That is such an interesting thing because when I went up to Joburg a couple of years ago for the first time, I also thought, why do they have 93 octane up at the reef and not at the coast? I'm actually not sure about that. I could find out if I had to guess, and I love doing these guesses to see (laughs) that I'm right or wrong later on because this is a guess. Just, I would say it would be the altitude and the octane of the fuel needing to be higher at the coast. Maybe something to do with the altitude, I would imagine. Or it could be transport related. So I'm going to look into that and I'm going to find out exactly why it's not available at the coast. 
Okay, thank you very much. Well, here's a very car-themed, you know you're getting old when, and it's somebody saying, mm. you know you're getting old when you only want to drive an automatic vehicle. Oh, dear, I must be getting old. <laughs> yes. Automatic vehicles are wonderful to drive, and especially the new ones. The new cars are getting much, much better. It's not like your father's Granada from the 80s that the gears took 10 seconds to change mm. each one. They're much faster now. You could get, and also you could get a smaller car now with an automatic gearbox, which is also a pleasure. And yeah. by the way, I just Googled that uh, 93 octane yes. question, and that is the answer. There is a risk of knocking, which is uh, pre-detonation or detonation. And that is why you have to use a higher octane fuel at the coast because of the atmosphere and the engine's reaction to that. Okay, thank you very much for the quick, quick research on that one. Okay, um, before we, we let you go, you said something about smaller cars available. I just want to make an observation. Ernest, we've spoken several times about the little Suzuki Espresso and the value for money that it's offering. I don't know if you've seen any recent car sales figures, but and I don't know if it's just because we've been talking about it so much, but everywhere I go the last couple of weeks, there is an Espresso on every corner. Ernest, I, I mean, I keep looking at them and thinking, this model must be outselling other cars by a factor of at least five yeah no well who can blame them uh, for those that buy it it's punchy it's cute to look at it's safe now they've made these updates there's been an updated version and suzuki was quite clever the updated version looks very much like the old one yeah and the only complaint that i had when spending time with the car and my colleague uh, sean spent the holidays with one as well was that the ride was a little bit firm but most people aren't going to care that's a, a sacrifice that many are willing to make um south africans want cost effective cars with all the features and Suzuki's giving them exactly that. So much so that Toyota is now bringing in another car yeah. with a Suzuki badge on it. So, you know, Suzuki's got the formula right. They're going to keep selling cars and uh, the Espresso is definitely one of those cars that I, I too like. I've never actually driven one, but I'm going to have to remedy that, I think, Ernest, because they're jumping out at me on every corner I stop at. I think I need to rock up there with an espresso. I was hoping that next time I see you, I come there with something a bit more special. You know, maybe an espresso is what's needed. Uh, that's all I, all I ask. A girl just wants to spin in a little Suzuki, okay? I don't ask for too much, Ernest. I'll get the coffee and the car. Okay, that's a deal. <laughs> we'll chat to you again soon. Ernest Page, always great to have you on the show, and thank you for the advice you share with our listeners. You can check out more of Ernest's work on changecars.co.za. Today.